0: It's an important um, policy document for the states and that's why um, it goes through the exacting process that it does involving public consultation, independent examination and also ultimately approval by the state's assembly which is a different route uh, than many other policy documents that are produced by uh, by government. So it does have that uh, that significance and that importance and it clearly influences um, islanders' lives directly
1: last month the states approved what is arguably the most important piece of work to come out of this four-year political term it was certainly the longest coming after two weeks of intense debate which included arguing over scores of amendments covering everything from disability quarrying to marine parks and that thorniest of issue housing The Bridging Island Plan, as amended, will now determine planning policy for the next three years, but also set an important precedent for future plans after that. With it being such a wide-ranging and weighty document, we might forgive ourselves for not having had the time to fully grasp its scope and implications. With this in mind, we invited one of its authors, Policy Officer Kevin Pilly, to help us unpick what was actually decided last month and how it might impact our everyday lives. Kevin, the Island Plan finished... Uh, the debate finished a, a couple of weeks ago after sixty hours uh, of debate over ten days. Does that mean from a from a policy perspective, it's time to relax, put your feet up? Uh,
0: unfortunately, not. Um, a system we have in Jersey is such that uh, as soon as the States Assembly approve the island plan, that becomes the uh, that becomes the island planning document, and it's the uh, document against which planning decisions are made in in the island. Uh, and so we've been uh, very busy in the last uh, couple of weeks um, working to incorporate all of the amendments that the Assembly have made into the into the plan, so that we can produce a consolidated revised version of the of the document. Uh, so that includes change to the policies, the preambles that support the policies, and also to the proposals map.
1: I know um, probably later on we'll, we'll talk about what happens next, but um, this was a, a bridging island plan. It was shortened to three years. When does the work start on the next one which will be what from 2026 is that right uh yeah well 20 25 start 26
0: so um yeah i mean essentially the um uh, there is a uh, perhaps a uh a, a habit of looking at the island plan as a product whereas really it's uh, it's a process and it's about um you know, making a plan, then monitoring that plan, reviewing it and then uh, looking to uh, produce a new plan. So it's a continual process. And um, so work to uh, look at the next island plan review uh, will start very soon. Uh, Clearly we have some key bits of information which will be made available shortly. So the results of the census uh, will be out. Um, uh, very shortly, uh, and that will then help to inform the groundwork for the subsequent review of the uh, of the plan that's just been adopted. Um, as you say, this is a bridging island plan, so it's um, over a shorter plan period than would normally be the case. Um, but we continually monitor and
1: review the performance of the of the plan. We we hear a lot about Jersey having a plan led system, um which is distinct from perhaps other systems in the uh, in in Europe and. and the UK. Just explain a little bit what, what, what does that mean a plan-led system and, and why does it make it special?
0: Uh, what it means is it gives the island plan a certain degree of um, uh, primacy in the planning system so as I said earlier all planning decisions that are made in relation to planning applications um, are judged against the island plan so the island plan is a is a critical policy tool Um, for determining planning applications and it's also a tool that can be used to set out what the community's needs are over the plan period. So it's an important um, policy document for the states and that's why Um, It goes through the exacting process that it does involving public consultation, independent examination and also ultimately approval by the State's Assembly which is a different route uh, than many other policy documents that are produced by uh, by government. So it does have that, uh, that significance and that importance and it clearly influences um, islanders lives directly in terms of the decisions that are made uh, either in relation to their own um, proposals and aspirations perhaps for their their properties, their businesses or indeed the environment that we all enjoy on the island. So it does have a great deal of significance for, uh, for Jersey and I think it's right that we do have a, a plan led system in the island and the island plan provides that, that framework.
1: You mentioned the census, which is due out imminently. Um, how accurate can we can the Bridging Island Plan be? How how reliable can it be, in the sense that it was passed without the the assumptions and the, and the knowledge of the census? And there are other things as well. For instance, you know we don't have a, a clear population policy, and and to a an lesser, lesser extent, I know the minister mentioned this a number of times during the debate. We didn't have a schools estate strategy ready. Um, how confident can we be that the assumptions on which the, the, the bridging island plan was based are accurate?
0: Uh, well, they are assumptions and they are always assumptions. You know, Essentially, we're looking to make a plan over a period of time uh, and things will inevitably change over that period of time. So in a sense, um, you know, the production of an island plan is always based on a, a snapshot of our understanding of uh, the situation at, at a particular moment in time and how that might change in the future. Clearly, there were some um, particular circumstances that led us to produce a bridging island plan this time. So, normally a plan period would be over a 10 year period. Uh, This time it's over a a much shorter period uh, than that, um, over a three year period. And that's essentially because of the circumstances that the island found itself in relative to the pandemic uh, and also to Brexit. So, there was uh, uh, you know there were some real challenges there about what the future of the island held, mm. uh, and um, ministers uh, considered that issue and thought it appropriate that rather than pursue the original proposal, which was to re-establish a new ten-year plan for the island, that we undertake um, uh, a, a, a still a comprehensive island plan review, but we do it for a shorter period of time so that we can uh, take stock of what's going to happen over the. Over that shorter time period, and then reset the next island plan um, over a uh, over a longer term.
1: If next month, for example, the island the, the census revealed that the population was was way out of your, of the bit predictions, is it amendable? Is it adaptable? Or it would be a case of of adjusting the the next island plan?
0: Uh, it, uh, I mean, essentially, the you know the island plan review um, process would need to be invoked if you wanted to change the island plan, um, but clearly the um, you know, the assumptions that the Bridging Island Plan were based on uh, have been informed by uh, work of uh, colleagues in Statistics Jersey uh, and based on all of the best available information that we have. Uh, and so in that sense, uh, I'm sure that the assumptions that we've got in the plan are are as robust as they, as they might be. Um, and, uh, you know, we've made provision for that over the plan period and sought to ensure that we're we're planning for um, the assumed level of change over that over that shorter plan period. Um, you raised the issue about um, uh, uh, things like the Education Estate Review, for example, and um, clearly it's important that we have regard to the island's needs over the plan period and we try and work across government to ensure that where government have particular Um, uh, needs or proposals that we try and uh, incorporate those into the plan where we can Um, but as I say the island plan process is a is a continual one and the the plan itself is a snapshot in time and um, uh, you know it's it's never perfect in the sense that um, you don't start with a clean sheet of paper Mm. everything is moving at a a different pace and to a different time scale so we have regard to what we can and we try and ensure that the plan can accommodate um, things that may arise during the the plan period.
1: And what do you say to the charge which has I have heard that the 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 island plan is doomed to fail because it only tackles the supply side of things without in the absence of a population policy actually um, uh, tackling demand?
0: Uh, well, in terms of demand, uh, work was done, particularly in relation to um, to housing, to look at the demand for housing. Uh, we did something called the objective assessment of housing need as part of the preparation of the evidence base for the plan. Uh, and that looks to analyse what Jersey's, uh, in that case, what Jersey's housing requirements are. Uh, over the plan period and the plan makes provision for uh, all different types of housing so it makes provision for uh, more affordable homes, it makes provision for open market homes and it also has regard to things like the the size and types of homes that people need. Um, So the plan tries to ensure that we have a better understanding of what the island's requirements are and then tries to make provision for that. And that that's not just about housing, it's about um, all facets of island life. So, you know, economic requirements, um, social requirements and, and community requirements as well as the environmental um, uh, aspect of the plan.
1: Now, the during the debate we had um, more than 100 amendments um, lodged by by members um, smashing the record for the most amendments ever for a state's debate um, and the environment minister didn't get his own way there were certain uh, amendments from backbenchers and others that were successful uh, I'm thinking perhaps uh, there was uh, an amendment around uh, the definition of, of, of tall buildings or, or the, the phrasing when when tall, tall buildings will be considered um, Le gigalong quarry was not safeguarded and we also had a, a a policy change on splitting and redeveloping outbuildings outside of built up areas uh, were there some amendments that perhaps you thought you know are 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 un- unworkable
0: uh, well clearly all of the amendments have to be workable relative to the to the planning system and um uh we worked with um uh with members to help them frame their their aspirations so that they Uh, Were they uh, accepted by the Assembly? They they sat comfortably in the plan and and were viable um, from a a planning point of view. And, um, you know, clearly we had uh, a number of rich debates in the Assembly about the challenges and issues that the island faces. And, um, you know, there there are no right answers in that that sense. And uh, members will have different views about how the island should respond to the challenges that it's got. Um, and clearly on issues like um, uh, like housing, for example, how we meet our housing need, uh, there was clearly strong views expressed about uh, the planning response that we should make to that, whether we should release more green fields, uh, whether we should have more dense forms of development, whether we should have taller buildings. And, and these are all you know, real challenges that that the island faces and, you know, the Assembly had some some good debates about the uh, options that the island uh, could pursue and ultimately, um, you know, what um, direction the island plan should take the uh, development of the island in. Uh, So I think it was um, uh, interesting that, you know, members identified some of those key challenges and some of those key tensions um, and uh, sought to uh, resolve those through the amendments that they, they adopted.
1: Let's have a quick whistle-stop tour of some of the headlines of what was decided. Um, housing clearly gets probably the most prominent out of all the issues in the Bridging Island Plan. Could you just give me a recap on how many houses uh, were agreed and, uh, and how many were affordable and how many uh, will be uh, going on greenfield?
0: Yeah, I mean, housing's always uh, uh, a topic of um, a lot of interest in, in relation to the, the island plan. Um, the plan set a, um, an overall uh, requirement for, um, uh, for homes, and we look to provide up to 4,300 homes over the plan period. Um, I think the important thing to remember in relation to that, though, is most of those homes... Uh, are planned to be provided from the island's existing built-up areas and whilst there was a lot of debate about fields um, that was only a small proportion of the overall level of housing that the plan was seeking to make provision for and specifically to make provision for, um, for affordable homes. Um, And so, uh, you know, within the context of that overall requirement of up to 4,300 homes, you know, most of those homes will be coming from the the built-up area. Um, There will be... um, about 1600 of those will be affordable homes the remainder will be open market homes and then of those affordable homes uh, I think it's just over 400 of those are coming on on greenfield sites the remainder are being provided within the built-up area uh, and delivered on um, uh, state owned sites or um, uh, sites acquired by Andium Homes for example so I think um you know, as I say, whilst a lot of focus was on the on the use of fields, that was just a small proportion of the overall level of housing supply that the plan
1: was seeking to make. I think it's natural that people do focus on on, on green fields and houses, but are there other parts of the plan which perhaps may not have got the same level of media and public focus that you feel were equally or even more significant, perhaps dealing with the environment, dealing with the heritage environment, and other fields that you know, as I say, may not have got the same um, level of attention.
0: Sure. Well, clearly, the island plan is um, very broad in its scope and is, uh, you know, touches on most aspects of uh, of island life. In that, it, it helps to shape um, the environment that we uh, that we all live in. Um, and uh, you know, so the, there are key policies in the plan related to the protection of the environment. And the um, you know, the minister was keen to ensure that we. Um, uh, came forward with a plan that provided um, appropriate levels of protection for Jersey's special landscapes and seascapes. So this plan um, um, dips its toe in the water, if you like, in terms of um, setting out a a more rigorous policy regime for the marine environment than previous island plans have done. Um, So that's one... Um, significant step forward. Um, Responding to things like climate change, this plan has had specific regard to um, things like flood risk and the island's response to um, both rising sea levels and um, increasing inland inland flood risk. Um, And also responding to, uh, through the planning system, um, in terms of what the island plan can do to respond to helping to deliver more efficient forms of development, more energy-efficient buildings. Um, so you know, the plan has tried to respond to those new issues and new challenges that the, that the island faces, and there are some elements in there that are um, uh, stronger than, than previous island plans, uh, and that would also include things like responding to challenges around biodiversity. So some of the policy regimes have been enhanced uh, in this plan to address those particular issues.
1: Uh, it's a good point to talk about uh in i think it's in a couple of weeks time that the the Assembly will debate the carbon neutral roadmap. Is this an example of um, compatibility between the Bridging Island Plan and that particular document?
0: Sure. We try to work in uh, cross-government to ensure that the island plan can help deliver the objectives of other, uh, other parts of government uh, and uh, that the island needs to respond to. And from a planning point of view, the plan can make a, uh, a clear response to the uh, challenge of climate change. So one of the key tenants of the island plan is around where we put development and that influences um, you know how often and how people travel uh, which of course has got climate implications in terms of you know if people have greater choice of uh, walking cycling or, or catching the bus then they won't need to use the car as much um, if they you know if their uh, their homes and their places of work are uh, uh, and schools are, are better located t- to one another. Uh, so the plan can have a significant influence on levels of greenhouse gas emissions from just by influencing um, travel patterns. Um, clearly the plan can respond to things like um, uh, increasing temperature by uh, encouraging more planting, protecting existing trees uh, and green infrastructure. Uh, it can respond to rising sea levels by having a planning policy framework that helps to deal with um, both coastal and inland uh, inland flood risk. Um, and as I mentioned, there's policies in the plan now that seek to require new developments to be more energy efficient and to reduce their, uh, their carbon footprint. Um, we also incorporate policy in the plan to try and encourage the reuse of existing buildings. Obviously, existing buildings have embodied carbon within them, and we've got a policy test now in the plan that requires... Um, uh, applicants to demonstrate that um, an existing building is not appropriate to refurbish or repair. So there's a real thrust on um, how the, the planning system can help deliver those those climate um, uh, objectives.
1: Moving topic slightly, um, it's an important topic this week. Um, what does the Bridging Iron Plan say about the new hospital?
0: Uh, well clearly the State's Assembly took a decision to um, uh, identify Overdale as its preferred site for the hospital, and so the um, Bridging Island Plan has a specific policy uh, that deals with the um, uh, proposal to site a, a hospital at Overdale, uh, and obviously that's um, being the application is being tested this week at the um, uh, at the planning inquiry. Uh, so what the plan does is it identifies that site as the assembly's um, preferred site for the. Uh, provision of the new uh, facility Uh, but it sets out some key planning tests that the proposal has to meet. So um, you know the 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 island plan doesn't confer planning permission for the hospital it sets a framework against which the proposal has to be considered and that identifies all of the the key issues that are being discussed this week and obviously things like um visual impact impact on heritage transport impact on residential amenity all of those elements are set out in the policy framework that the plan provides for the
1: for the hospital proposal moving on to the process of the, the bridging island plan um there were some concerns raised by both the states members and the public about the consultation process and the fact that new sites were added onto a plan B list last year and, and take the example of Grooville. It, it moved from having one field earmarked for housing proposed by the minister to around a dozen and then in the end all fields were removed during the debate. That that can't be right, can it? There's confusion and, and uh and, and a lack of a of a, of a clear direction.
0: Um, I'm not sure there was a lack of a clear direction. I mean, clearly the plan came forward with a proposal to meet the island's housing needs uh, and um, it looked to do that in a variety of ways and um, looking to allocate some greenfield sites was one of the policy responses that was put forward, particularly to meet the need for affordable homes. Um, all of the sites that were put forward for um, affordable homes uh, had been the subject of Um, assessment as part of the island plan review process Um, and um, we undertook something called a call for sites process in advance of the plan being prepared. Um, All of the material that was in that call for sites process formed part of the evidence base for the plan and that was published at the time that the draft plan was released. Um, Clearly a lot of the focus was on the sites that the Minister was was sponsoring uh, or promoting at that time to meet the island's affordable housing need. But the the consultation process was open to both, um, uh, you know, all islanders, including landowners, who would wish the who wished the minister to look again at their sites and to look at the merits of of their sites, um, and um, their representations were in the the public domain. Um, the independent planning inspectors who reviewed the. Uh, the draft plan and the consultation feedback to that um, reviewed those all of those sites in a uh, in a public session um, that was advertised and uh, you know additional comment was invited at that uh, at that stage Um, so i think we uh, i I think the point to make in relation to states member amendments uh, one of the interesting changes that we made to the process of the bridging island plan this time around is that when states members brought their, um, uh, uh, their second amendments, when they had an opportunity to lodge further amendments, they had to be related to issues that had been considered or raised previously, um, which is a different provision to that which sits under the normal um, island plan review process, where states members can bring amendments that need not um, be related to issues that have been considered previously. So I think that was a positive improvement to the process, uh, and it meant that state's members couldn't introduce entirely new sites. You know, these were sites that had been um, the subject of assessment through the island plan review process and through the draft plan consultation. Um, I think the Minister is has been very clear there's some issues that we can um, take away and learn from, from the process uh, and to look at um, uh, uh, lengthening things like periods of consultation. Clearly, we're working in a quite a compressed time scale this time around given the um, uh, the forthcoming end of the current government term. Uh, so I think there are always improvements that can be made um, around the information that's provided to, to the public, um, some of the mapping details, um, location of sites, those sorts of things, and the time that people have available to comment. So um, we will um, be working with the Minister to reflect on the process and look at what improvements can be made and uh, hopefully, incorporated into the subsequent island plan review process.
1: Um, it's a good point. It's a good opportunity to look at review and, as you say, improve. Um, this time we had over a hundred amendments for just a three year plan. Um, surely there's a danger that the next ten year plan will be unmanageable. Is that something that you will take account of, perhaps, to consolidate those amendments or to agree them before that perhaps it gets to that amendment stage?
0: Um, yeah, I think
1: it's right
0: to um, highlight the fact that the number of amendments was, was unusual. Um, uh, and as you say, it did break the, uh, the record for the number of amendments previously set by the last island plan, I think. Which was some um, about 58 amendments uh, this time we're at 103 um, but I think the um, the important difference this time around is that we uh, w- because we adopted a uh, a different process for the review because of the uh, the timescales that we had to work within uh, we only produced one version of the plan um, whereas normally we produce two um, and uh, when we produce the initial draft that then enables lots of issues to be identified and small uh, small matters to be dealt with in a revised island plan um uh, and uh, you know they're just they're just dealt with through the process uh, and I think it was interesting to note that even even though we did have 103 amendments, I think um, um, uh, over 20 of those were were taken as read um, fr- at the start of the uh, debate. Um, a number of the amendments were sponsored by the minister himself in terms of dealing with some of the the issues that had arisen during the the consultation. Uh, so I think when you boil it down, you know the the, the key crunchy issues of the plan um, were those that were the subject of the of, of the greatest debate and um, of themselves were not that uh, were not that numerous, you know principally related to things like um, you know housing sites, uh, some of the mineral sites, uh, historic environment policies, things like that.
1: So. Uh, in his summing up, the minister said that um, he wanted the issue of green fields to be done. he 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 really didn't want to build any more on green fields. Do you see that perhaps the next time round the next island plan, there won't be a call for Greensfield sites and everything will be consolidated within existing development?
0: Um well I think um you know we as a community will need to decide uh what the response to that should be. Um uh, we undertook something called a strategic issues and options consultation in the preparation of the the bridging island plan and i suspect we will do the same again and that poses some of those key questions um to islanders such that um you know if the island has a development need um how best can we meet that need where best can we make provision for that need um and how do we respond as a you know as an island community to to, the, uh, to those demands so um, and, and clearly we have you know we're, we're a small place uh, nine by five um, and uh, we have limited choices and uh, I think it's important that as a community we discuss what the options are and what the implications are and, and the island plan will reflect uh, what direction the, the community wants to go. Um, I think interestingly this time around there was Know, a very clear message that um, uh, greenfield sites are uh, highly valued both from their aesthetic point of view but also their the value to the agricultural industry um, and uh, you know inevitably that will be an issue that need to will need to be revisited um, but there are other challenges around concentrating development in the existing built-up area and um, that leads to things like increased densities uh taller buildings uh, can change the character of uh, some parts of the island's built environment. so you know there are choices to be choices to be made and it's um it's a real challenge
1: um and going you've already touched on the on the review process and and where you look for improvements where you implement changes um Will the public, do you envisage the public having a say on what the new island plan might look like?
0: Um, Well, in terms of um, an island plan review process, if there's any change to the process of um, uh, producing an island plan, uh, that would require some form of legislative change and that would Uh, undoubtedly be the subject of consultation, uh, and I'm sure the Minister would want to work closely with uh, the scrutiny panel and other State's members in terms of um, uh, looking to review any form of um, legislation that deals with the island plan review process. Uh, and clearly in terms of the island plan review itself in terms of you know, the substantive content of the next island plan it, there's a prescribed process for producing that um, that will always involve statutory consultation uh, it will always involve independent examination uh, and approval by the democratically elected assembly so you know, it's a robust, open, transparent process and I think um, you know, we, we end up with a more robust plan as a consequence of that
1: Thanks to Kevin Pilly for talking with me today and thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Podcast. You can find the podcast on all the usual pod places and don't forget to like and share. The music at the beginning and end of this podcast is I Shift My Weight by Luno. Tune in next week for more.